Welcome to a recording of a short Bible-based talk from Hope Church Worcester. If you're in the area and you'd like to visit us, we would love to see you. We meet in our building called the Granary, which is located in the centre of Worcester. Well, it feels really a little bit strange to be back here in the, the 915, because you may have noticed that I've been a little bit on and off absent over the last few months. That's because... Um, we've been working with the team in the six o'clock, um, doing the stuff. Um, so over the last few months, we've been really working as a team to try and transform the six o'clock service into a place that's not just another service of hope, but is a place where whatever your background, whatever rich or poor, struggling or doing well, you can come and truly meet with and encounter the power of God. And that's what we've been working towards. And as Mike said at our meeting the other day, you know, we've made some progress over the last four months. Still think we've got some way to go, but we're making some progress. And we are, we're seeing God move amongst us there. So that's where I've been some of the time um, doing the stuff. So it's good to be here again. So... We've been on a bit of a journey when I've been doing these talks and regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we've been going through and we've gone through introduction to some of the gifts. We've gone through um, speaking in tongues, interpreting the tongues. We've gone through some stuff on prophecy. And, and then last time we did about distinguishing between different spirits and knowing what's going on with stuff. So what I want to do today, because we're kind of moving into almost like a new term, I've got, I've got, I'm coming from a slightly different angle today. We are, we've got quite a lot more of the gifts to look at, such as miracles and healings and all those sorts of things. But I wanted to do today is just have a, almost like a little practical talk about how do we do the gifts of the Spirit in, the ch- in church. Yeah, almost like a almost a general sort of sort of talk. So that's where I'm coming from today. So there's quite a few little bullet points that are almost like a set of points rather than this flowing, eloquent prose that you often get from me. And also, <laughs> <laughs> no one said that one took up flaws. Yeah. Um, so you probably saw me fiddling around with Claire with the the PowerPoint. So we're going to do some Bible verses, but it turned out that ones I'd sent to Claire, I'd actually made up. So, we, so I'm hoping the ones that come on here. But I did say, I thought as a preacher, wasn't it that you were meant to make up some Bible verses to fit the talk? Isn't that the way you do it? <laughs> so Claire had to do some corrections. So I'm hoping that what comes up now is what, what was intended. So these are jumping around a bit, but, I'm try- but they're, they're to make the points about how we do the gifts of spirit in church. So don't worry about the fact what is Gordon taking stuff out of context or not. I'm just pulling little bits out. So I'm just going to read them. Hopefully they'll come on the screen, coinciding with what I'm reading, but we will see. It says, 1 Corinthians 12, we're starting with, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Then we jump to verse 31. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts... And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have, have a faith 
that can move mountains but do not have no love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but do, nothing, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonour others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And then we jump over to chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And then we're going to jump over to 24 to 33. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in whilst everyone is prophesying, they're convicted of sin and are brought under the judgment by all. As the secrets of the heart are laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, explaining God is really among you. What shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn, or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or, three, two or at most three should speak one at a time. And if someone must, inter- and someone must interpret... If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirit of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So we're going on this journey with gifts of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we're just going to look today a little bit about the gifts of the Spirit in the church. Um, and what I wanted just to start off with was almost. Just, just sharing something in general, really, is that people have observed that, that uh, when there's a major advance of the, throughout history, when there's a major advance of the kingdom of God, this is often preceded by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, almost like a wave coming in. And I just want us just to imagine... St- what about a wave? Just imagine just standing on a beach. Right now, there you are, as the tide is beginning to come in. And you stand on the beach, and there's the tide coming in. And you'll see a wave coming towards you. And it might be a small wave, or it might be a big wave. But when the wave comes, it just, it, it, you're standing there, and you're standing on the dry sand, aren't you? And the wave comes in, and it then crashes against you. And, you know, it might just come up here, or it might be spray and froth everywhere and cover you completely. And then 
The wave pulls back and it looks like nothing's happened, doesn't it? You just got wet and it's gone back. And then another one comes. And eventually you notice that there's water around your ankles, don't you? And then you still stand there and that goes back and pulls back and it looks like there's a little trickle around your ankles. But eventually if you stand there long enough as the tide comes in, Eventually you'll feel the water's up to here and you'll look back up the beach and you'll realise that, that you're standing right in the middle of the sea and that the tide has advanced all the way up the beach. And I just feel it sometimes feels a bit like that with the advance of the kingdom of God. It's like that you have this time where there's a lot of froth and a lot of wave coming in and it's almost like the Holy Spirit is everywhere. The gifts of the Spirit are just like that. Things are happening. It seems like people are getting healed and stuff like that. And then it's almost like it seems to recede. And it's like, well, what was that that we experienced? So this is if you've been walking with Jesus a long time, you'll probably relate to what I'm saying. If you're a new Christian, you'll think, what on earth that guy's on about? So you just have to stare with me. And it's almost like that. But then you notice that steadily the kingdom of God is increasing and expanding. Yeah? And I just sense, I might be wrong, people might correct me, but it almost feels like we're in the bit of a recede at the moment. It's almost like there's a wave that came a while ago and it's almost like what's happening now. But if you look around, you will notice that the water's up here and that the kingdom of God has advanced. And if you've been walking with Jesus for a long while, you'll notice that. And it's almost like we're ready now for another wave to take us forward. But in the meantime, I want to just cover off how do we do the stuff on a daily, practical basis if the wave isn't splashing all around us and if the, and if the it, you know, it's just daily going about church, yeah? So... That's where we're coming from with this whole series of talks, really. That was almost like the picture that I had at the beginning of doing this series. This is what we're doing it for, yeah? Not when it's easy and everything's all happening, but just daily operating with the gifts of the Spirit as a daily part of the culture of Hope Church. So I've just said it. Why are the gifts of the Spirit, Holy Spirit important? Why do we bother with them? Why, why is Gordon droning on every month or so with some talk? And I just want to look... I talk about the gifts of spirit being, I've used the title deliberately today, Gifts of Spirit in Church. Because we have all sorts of different concepts of church, don't we? But the actual word church that's, that's used in our Bibles it actually came from a Greek word called ecclesia. And that, was, that word meant the gathering of those that were summoned or called out. That's what church is. And sometimes you particularly almost, I don't know, it seemed to happen a bit after COVID and stuff like that. People started getting this lot of alternative stuff about, well, isn't that important to gather together and we can just be church just ourselves and, you know, we can do online church and stuff like that. But actually, how can you do a gathered, called out together, summoned together on your own or just with a couple of your mates? There's something more to it than that. And I just want to just emphasise that. I did a talk on that during lockdown, actually. And, but it's quite important that when we talk about gifts of spirit within the church, that's what we're talking about, about the gathered church. That's what church is, gathered. Let's just talk about church being gathered and church not gathered. Well, it actually is gathered. That's what the word means. 
Someone might argue, want to argue with me, but that's what it means. <laughs> argue with the Greek. Um, so if we're saying here the church is basically a gathered community with Jesus at the head that's a demonstration of the age to come. That's what we are with this mini community of the age to come, the new age when the city of God is on the earth. Yeah? And so I believe that one of the most important things that we can do as a church is to pursue his presence amongst us. Yeah? So when we come together, let the presence of Jesus be the most important thing or one of the most important things that we're pursuing. Otherwise, all we're doing is having a little bit of a sing-along and a lecture, isn't it, really? Then we might as well do that at home, watching on Zoom. But, but let's get, well, it's about the presence of Jesus in this gathered community. And one of the earlier talks that we talked about is, is that we said that the gifts of the Spirit are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the middle of the Ecclesia. So the way that we know, one of the ways that we know that the Holy Spirit, that God is amongst us, his presence is here, is because we see these gifts working. Yeah? So that's why they're important. It's why we know that Jesus is amongst us. That's why I read that verse there that says that when everyone's prophesying, people come in and that their secrets of their heart are revealed because it's the way that it's a demonstration that God's amongst us. It's more than just us playing around with these weird languages and things like that. It's actually about the presence of God amongst us. We talk about church pursuing his presence. So let our worship involve the gifts of the Spirit. Let our preaching involve the gifts of the Spirit. Let our gatherings involve the gifts of the Spirit. In the New Testament, there was an assumption that the gifts of the Spirit were a normal part of church life. So all these chapters that we were reading were about a chaotic church called the Corinthians who made a mess of them and it was saying how you do it right. The assumption wasn't do it or not, or some churches, it was just a norm. And I just want to encourage us, let these things be the normal part of Hope Church, as normal as us gathering at 9.15 or 11.15 and having some songs that we sing and having a talk. Let them be. Let them be. Let's create an atmosphere and a platform for the presence of Jesus and his gifts to be there. Sometimes people talk about, you know, oh, the presence of Jesus was there. But really what they meant was is that there was just quite an intense emotional worship time. I'm not dishing that because we want good authentic worship don't we but really it isn't just because Jane happened to play and sing well that the presence of Jesus was there yeah because she could play and sing awesomely and we'd have the best band ever you know and it's you know presence of Jesus isn't a Coldplay concert it might be brilliant but there is it but he isn't you know what I mean that's that is different yeah so Next point I've got here is, to say these are quite bullet pointy, is who can use the gifts of the Spirit in the church? Yeah? Who? You know, we, we could think, all oh, right, well, there's Gordon lecturing us about having it, right? Okay, so does that mean that, you know, Richard and Isaac and people who are leading need to get their act together and make sure they're using the gifts of the Spirit? Actual fact, it says, doesn't it, as we've said before, it's all of us. This is about all of us gathering, when we gather together in the presence of Jesus, that part of it is that all of us, says to each one, is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Each one, the gifts are there, stirring within us, bubbling within us, 
bursting out from us, pressed down, squashed, no idea what to do with them, all sorts of different things going on with us, but that's what's going on amongst us when we come together. And it also talks about there being diversity of gifts, not just the usual suspects. There are some that kind of, you know, just because of the... I think sometimes, some way, because just because of the way we structure things, you know, we, we tend to think of... Sometimes we can get locked into quite a narrow way of doing the gift of spirit and with certain types of prophecy. That's not a criticism, it's just an observation. You know, we have the mic at the front. and whether that's, So what that does is that encourages people who have the confidence to walk to the front, share something, and, and sit down. But let's just, just, just think outside of that box for a moment. Yeah? Words of wisdom, we haven't done those yet. Miracles, healings, you know. We talked last time about distinguishing of spirits. How do we do that amongst us? Do you know what I mean? You know, we're walking around with this weird thing, spotting a demon or what, but it's, it, it, it's kind of, let's just expand our thinking. I'm just throwing bullet points out now, really. I'm just kind of hoping to land some provocation rather than giving a detailed, structured lecture, yeah? So I hope some of it's landing, but let's just... Think outside of the box sometimes. How do we do these things? And are there other ways of doing these things that fit in with our individual diversities? Yeah? Diversities, not just a modern thing, it's described in the scripture. Yeah? Because there are many kind of gifts. What gifts of the Spirit is God stirring in you? Yeah? It isn't always that the standing up and delivering a verbal contribution called a prophecy which is one that we're quite used to you know Jesus might really put on your heart to pray for sick people you know how are you going to do that what's God stirring with within you and then the next bit is okay so how do we do the gifts of the Holy Spirit in in the in the church and it might have surprised some of us, I read 1 Corinthians 13. Um, because that chapter is actually not a wedding chapter, not a wedding text. It's actually about how you excel and do the gifts of the Spirit really well. Sometimes you can go on courses and learn how to do gifts of the Spirit. It's all about technique and kind of how do you get a prophecy and, and all the rest of it. And actual fact, scripture says it's actually about love. The way you do it really, really well is love. Remember all those things it says about love, about being patient, about being kind, about, you know, being generous, about not, not holding, you know, uh, grudges and, you know, and looking for evil. Yeah? Just think about that in terms of gifts of the Spirit. You know, there are, I've seen people operate with gifts of the Spirit, spotting people's sins. Is that fitting with 1 Corinthians 13? Yeah? If you suddenly stand up here and list all Isaac's sins in front of everybody, do you know what I mean? Fun? Yeah, take a long time, yeah. So, yeah, but I'm just throwing that one out. So, in actual fact, let our hearts, when we come to gather together, be motivated by love. Who does Jesus want to really love this morning? 
Who does Jesus want to really encourage this morning? Who does he want to really build up this morning? Yeah? And let's operate with the gifts of the Spirit like that and then let the supernatural of the Spirit be what, what motivates us and prompts us and compels us into thinking, well, I haven't got the resources to really help Richard this morning with, his, with the problem with his foot, but Jesus has, and Jesus loves him so much that he might want to actually heal him. Yeah? I'm just, I'm just trying to get us to think, and that's how we do it really well. That's how we excel with it. Yeah? Because we said that the gifts of the Spirit are a manifestation of what God is like. And that's what God is. God is love. Therefore, the manifestation of the Spirit aren't about us showing our performance and how great we are, our amazing revelations. They're actually about a loving God wanting to move amongst us and then using the power of his spirit, which is a lot more powerful than our own resources. Because sometimes if we see someone in need, you know, our resources are so limited, aren't they? But his are unlimited. Yeah? Even the gift of giving, you know, we're talking about it's one of the gifts that we haven't looked at. But, you know, that's about saying, well, I've only got that little bit to give. But the supernatural, God can multiply it, Yeah? The next thing is that's quite interesting when you're reading this thing in 1 Corinthians is that planning and it's. I've upset Debbie and Abby now. They've had enough. (laughs) Um, The other thing is, is that planning and order are not less spiritual than the spontaneous. Sometimes people can think, well, you've got the the plan bit, that's the service, and the gifts of the Spirit, they're the bits that interrupt and kind of do it or whatever. But in actual fact, this 1 Corinthians is about saying, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, it says, when you come together, each one of you has. What have you brought this morning is the, is the thing, not what has spontaneously come upon you that's then going to kind of, where do we fit that in? Now, I'm not, I'm trying to bring a balance there with that, I'm not saying that Things can't be spontaneous. I'm just saying that there isn't a that there is an order to these things, and that's what what 1 Corinthians 14 is about. Is about how you do these things and not that not cause chaos, because the Corinthians were pretty chaotic church. I've never actually been to a church like the Corinthians, but it's quite fun when you read it all together and imagine what it's like. So. It's, some of it, it starts off talking about their communion services, where people were actually getting drunk on the communion wine, right? Okay, and then, the, then they were starting before the poor people could get there. So it's quite interesting. They didn't have a separate congregation for people of different backgrounds. They were all together as one, but that's another talk. But so they, they, were, they, were, then, they were then there. So probably the time that they got around to operating the gifts of the Spirit, they were probably completely... In, um, out of it, on, you know, probably completely drunk, um, were everywhere. There were kind of all sorts of demonic gifts of the Spirit being practiced at the same time as ones from the Holy Spirit. 
um, because a lot of them had come from paganism and were probably out of it on the beer, on the wine anyway. And, and then they were having all sorts of stuff going on and people interrupting one another. Um, there's some verses that I didn't read that nobody reads these days because they, they seem a bit controversial. About It talks about ladies keeping quiet in the church. And I was, I've heard of some people preach that as in, well, that means ladies can't, shouldn't, contribute in the church. Well, that's total rubbish because it talks in other places about men and women prophesying and everything else. So it can't mean that. And I was reading it the other day, and I, yesterday when I was preparing this, and I suddenly thought, actually, the whole thing is actually in the context of, of weighing prophecies, actually. And it was in the context of prophets standing up and, and speaking. And then it says, if the ladies don't understand what they should do, they shouldn't be shouting out. They should wait and ask if they don't understand. Ask. I imagine, this is what I imagine was happening, a particular thing in that church might be wrong, but it almost sounds like there was some gruncher ladies who would, someone would stand up and bring a slightly odd prophecy and they'd go, oh, what's that all about? Don't understand that. And shout it, you know, that's how I imagine it going on. And they were saying, no, no, you need to bring some order, you need to keep quiet, you know, let, let it all be done properly and in order. And if you don't understand it, what's going on, you know, wait till you get home. Right, and so this was a totally chaotic church with all sorts of stuff going on, people speaking in tongues and no one interpreting, all sorts of stuff like that. So it talks there. So the thing that I want to bring up to that is, is that it talks about limiting the number of contributions that are brought. You've got a limited time, unless we're going to go on all day and have whatever. So it says limit it so that you have the impact. It says, it says two or three, you know, just have a few. You know, so just because you, because everyone, it says everyone's got something, they've all come with something, but so don't, you know, let, you know, there's an order to it. They're saying, right, well, we want some contributions, we want to bring the good stuff out, we'll limit it to one or two, and maybe you could bring something next week, you know. Um, and also think about how and when you bring something so that it's communicated in the right way and with a maximum impact. You know, we tend to have finished the worship at a certain time, don't we? And the, the preacher's about to come on. That's the way we normally do it. So you're suddenly going to stand up at that point, just as Richard's about to give the notices and bring some earth-changing word that's totally going to meant to transform the whole life of Hope Church. Maybe that's not the right time to bring it because the kids were running out, Richard, you know, do you see what I'm saying? So think about that so that it can be communicated in the right way and with a maximum impact. Because what you bring and when and how is entirely under your control, because that's what it says in there, doesn't it? So you can decide. Sometimes God can stir something in your heart. doesn't mean that now's the time to bring it. And sometimes that's why things go flat sometimes and sometimes why things don't kind of work out it could be a really significant word that's really important to bring just think about how, how you're doing also don't go on too long and lose the impact of what the holy spirit's saying yeah i've heard people bring prophecies and i'm sure i have too where you get carried away with what you're sharing and it says there doesn't it that if one of you's standing up and someone else has got revelation shut up sit down that's kind of what it's saying don't go on too long Allow others to have a chance. Just share what feel God's saying. It's under your control. It doesn't have to be this gushing, spontaneous thing that goes on for 20 minutes and you miss completely. I mean, uh, yeah? So, and, and, and 
Give others a chance. Yeah, so those are a few little tips. Then the other thing is, it says prophecies that are brought need... How are we doing for time? Okay, a couple of more minutes. Prophecies that are brought need weighing, is what it says. In other words, you give weight to what's brought. Not all contributions and prophecies... Not all contributions are prophecies, and not all prophecies are equal. Yeah? Now... I'm going to just throw something out here. It's just a little bit of a trick question, right? But I want you to imagine, right, that Richard cut, cut stands up during the time of contribution and he just reads the 23rd Psalm because it was on his heart, yeah? And he sits back down again, okay? Then someone who is fa- he's new to, fairly new to the church, isn't used to how we do things very well, comes up and says, um, I saw this pig flying around the congregation and um, it, it was causing a lot of nuisance and then we chased it out the door and sat back down. Yeah? Now, if we were going to then give weight to those two contributions, who thinks that Richard's one should have the most weight given to it? Nobody. <laughs> I bet you do. You just know it's a trick question. You just know it's a trick question. That's why no one's put your hand up. If, if, if someone th- think, so who thinks the second one should have the most weight given to it? Nobody. It was a trick question. I'll tell you why it's a trick question. What Richard was bringing was, was in that context most likely just a contribution. But it could have been a real prophetic word that God wanted us to trust him as his shepherd. Yeah? Or it could just have been a positive contribution to fit within the flow. If that was the case, it wouldn't need any weight. It landed on its own. Yeah? Does that make sense? The other one could have been someone who'd been smoking some substances before they came in and, uh, and, um, and was just sharing a load of nonsense. Or it could be symbolic because Peg would speak of forbidden... Um, things that the Jews weren't allowed to, to have. So it could, uh, and when Jesus, uh, in the New Testament, it says that we're free from that legalism. So it could be someone standing up and saying that there's some rituals and legalistic stuff that are, that, that are really messing and disrupting the church and they need to be driven out. Yeah? Do you see what I'm saying? And the only way that we know that is if those those contributions are properly weighed. Yeah? And so I've just got some real tips here on just how we weigh stuff. The first thing is, you need to go back to the talk before, but we need to understand what was the spirit behind it. Was that the Holy Spirit? Was that just the person's spirit? Was that some other spirit? Was that just rubbish and nonsense? Yeah? Because without that gift operating, we've... All we, the only way we're going to weigh those two things is by our own opinion, yeah? Because we'd need the spirit to, just, to be able to distinguish what was, what was said there. Otherwise, we're just going to give our own opinion on it, on, on that. Does that make sense? Yeah? So that's why I encourage people to seek the distinction, so distinguishing the spirit, just so we know, what, is this the Holy Spirit? Is some of that the Holy Spirit? Yeah? The other thing that we need to do on weighing is is understand the content of what's said, get hold of the content, 
And maybe there's some interpretation of the imagery needed. If you took the, the, the example that I gave, yeah, the person bringing it may have genuinely seen that from God, but it needed somebody who understood how to interpret the imagery, who was gifted that way, to stand up and say, right, I actually think God was in that. It wasn't a load of rubbish. It might have been delivered in a slightly odd way, but it means this, yeah? So again, I'd encourage you, people who operate like that, to begin to stir that up, because we may need your help with some of that sort of stuff, yeah? Then the other thing is, is how was it delivered? In other words, could we understand it, or does it need explanation? Yeah. Um, again, the timing of it and the significance of what's said. Yeah. Sometimes things are just something that's just for now, as in we're in the middle of worship and we just really feel Jesus just wants us just to wait on him and enjoy his presence. That's something that's just for now. It's totally him speaking, something we need to do, but that's what that is. Yeah? And again, we need to know how to operate like that so we can make sure we don't then just move on and do the next thing. But then, but then another word might be something, there was one that, that was shared, that was given here at the advance meeting that was written down, that came from Jeff Steady, that needs some careful look at. Yeah? It wasn't something just for that Sunday. Yeah. Then there's also filtering out what the Holy Spirit's put, saying from just from the person delivering it. Yeah, we all prophesy in part. We all have our own personalities, our own way of doing things. So there's then just filtering that. Yeah, because not everything is literally. It's not God dictating a, you know, like He did with the Ten Commandments. Do you know what I mean? It's like filtering. Okay. What, what's the Holy Spirit? And then the other thing is, is what action's needed from that? If God's saying something to us, we need to take it seriously. Is there some action that's needed? Yeah? And the scripture says that others should weigh. Yeah? It doesn't say who those others might be. It looks like it's talking about the other prophets, but it may not be. But I would suggest it's those with gifting and authority and not just left open. Because I find it, if, the, if otherwise, if something's just brought and it just landed there, it almost devalues what God might be saying. Yeah? If we're not weighing it, we're, not, we're just letting anything come out. Also, it's not helping those of us that bring stuff. You know, if you plucked up all your courage to share something, you, know, you, 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 need, to know, you need to know whether it's God or not. Yeah? And often, that isn't necessarily the person who's anchoring and hosting the meeting because anchoring and hosting the meeting is the other part of Corinthians it's about keeping the order it's about making sure there aren't too many contributions it's, that's their job yeah it isn't necessarily their job unless they're gifted that way and not everybody is to actually do that weighing that might be what God stirs you and if that's the case talk to the leaders and say you know I felt that word that was brought, you know, really needed a bit of something, you know, working on, yeah? Um, and then the other thing is, is when do you weigh them? And the scripture seems to suggest after the thing's brought. Now, there is a thing where you 
with, with a lot of contributions that come in. The person who's anchoring the meeting does need to have some kind of control over it, but they're not weighing the prophecy at that point. They're saying we need some order. Yeah? The actual weighing of it needs to come after. And depending on the context, you know, maybe public, maybe private. Yeah? So again, these are all little practical bullet points that that I'm talking about. And so just some really quick applications and then I've finished. Um, here's application number one. I encourage everybody here to set aside some time before the next church gathering that you're coming to, yeah, to plan and prefer, prepare what God may want you to bring. Yeah? Now you may not, if everybody does, just like it says in Corinthians, we may not get all opportunity to bring it. But let everyone come with something. Be it a song. Well, obviously the musicians have got the prime responsibility on that. But it may be a prophecy, a revelation. It may be that God wants you to pray for somebody. Let, I encourage you to do that, if nothing else, from the whole of this talk. Let that be a thing, not just turning up, thinking, oh, we're, all gonna, we're, gonna, we're coming to meet with Jesus. So let's prepare. You know, we got invited for an audience with King Charles, you know, we, you know, and he wants us to bring something to that. We'd prepare it, wouldn't we? So let's just prepare. Let's make room for diversity of gifts other than just prophecy. I don't say just prophecy because it's, it's very important. But let's make room for diversity for those people that that their gifting works in a different way other than just standing up. And that's something we're going to have to learn. But let's let our hearts be open to that. And again, if you feel that God's put gifting within you and you're not sure how to do that, go and talk to the leaders because I know them. They're people who are open to stuff. You know, go and talk to them and say, I'm really feeling God wants to use me like this, but I'm not, it doesn't kind of fit with the way we do things. How do you think I should do it? And also... What gifts is God stirring in you? If, we're, if when we gather together, this is about us all bringing out, what, what's God stirring within you? Yeah? What's God put within you? And how does he want you to contribute that into the, the ecclesia, the gathering of Hope Church? Yeah? Yeah, and let's, let's raise the ante a bit. Let's, let's push in for a bit more. Yeah, let's push in for his presence to be tangible and manifest and let's go and have a coffee. We hope you enjoyed the talk. Further information about Hope Church can be found at www.hope-church.org.uk Thank you for listening.